This is Film Club. This road leads to Rainbowville, going my way. Just pack a basket full of wishes and off you start with Sunday morning in your heart. That's I was going to sing it, but I <laughs> can't do Bing Crosby justice. So. Also, I feel like it is such a tuneless song. <laughs> it really is. When I was when he was singing it the first time, I was like, wow, was this really that popular? But then I really because I knew that there was a song that was nominated um, in this movie. And I was like, how could the song? Why did everyone love this song? And then I realized it was the the other song about donkeys. I don't even remember. You could be swinging on a star. Oh, it's so good. And that's the one that won all the awards. Or would you rather be a mule? A mule, that's it. (laughs) So I'll just start out. I'll explain why I wanted to pick this movie. Because it did fit the theme. But first of all, it is the best picture winner. So it's been on my list. I love being Crosby. Like, I've always listened to him growing up. Mostly Christmas music, I think. Mostly just White Christmas. But I just think he's very nice and classy. So I wanted to watch it. And then here's our connection to The Godfather. For those of you who have seen it, Michael and Kay go and see The Bells of St. Mary's, which has Ingrid Bergman and Bing Crosby. And Kay asks, Mike, would you like me better if I was a nun? And I think we, we've even done that as a quote for one of our guest episodes. Rachel and I watched that film. And then I realized that that's the sequel to Going My Way. So then I was like, well, now we have to watch Going My Way because there's a connection to The Godfather there. A very kind of roundabout connection. I, first of all, just noticed it's a New York movie. (laughs) So many New York movies. I know, I've got to make a list on Letterboxd of New York films. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it'll be so long. It'll be so long. Um, I also love Bing Crosby is so young, so little just so youthful and I was just immediately charmed by him the first moment he steps on screen I'm like wow this man is just so sweet and so handsome and sings so nice like he has no flaws but also he's not like overbearingly like he's a priest right but he almost has like the cool religious guy you know like he's got these jokes and he knows how to get in with the kids and (laughs) he's just like everyone likes him and he's just likable in that way I was obsessed with when he's singing with his BFF priest friend on the phone. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes. Dead at harmonizing over the phone. That's how we're going to have to say hello from now on. (laughs) (laughs) Just memorize that song. And that's just such a good, I don't know, intro to their characters and their friendship. Just that, that they sing together and they're just goofy and just so wholesome. I love how he just charms everyone he meets. And then I also loved the father. I forgot his name. Um, The one that he's come to kind of replace. I mean, he's kind of annoying, right? Because he's the opposite of being. And we love um, being so much. But some of my favorite parts of Father Fitzgibbon is when... I think when um, Father O'Malley is trying to get that uh, wayward girl to like sing like he's giving her a singing lesson basically mm-hmm. and father fitz given just kind of peers down the stairs like <laughs> <laughs> so nosy and so cute and i just oh my gosh he just was hitting my heart in 
I forgot what you call it, Shawnee. <laughs> I was just every time he was on stage or on the screen when he has on his little white nightgown sitting in the bed. Oh my gosh, I was like, This man! Oh my gosh, I'm so glad he just said that. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I had no idea what this film was about and I didn't know what to expect. I almost cried when he was singing him the lullaby, the Irish lullaby. Yeah, I was almost crying when he was singing that to him and he was just this sick old man sitting in his bed. He's just offering him comfort and just being so nice in this little music box. But then at the end, when the song comes on and his mom walks in, I was... There were tears falling out of my I texted you about this because your letterbox review was talking about how you cried. And the whole time I'm like, this man is going to pass away. Like this man is dead. And that's what made Lauren cry. And that's not going to get hard-hearted Rachel. And then, I don't know why I talked about myself in the third person. But then, the very end, and his mom shows up out of nowhere. It totally got me. I was like, dang it, if it didn't make me cry too. Ah, oh, this movie. I can't believe you think of yourself as hard-hearted. Like- <laughs> well, when it comes to, like, I don't know. I feel like the you're things that we cry about than I am in film. I know, but the things that we cry about in films are very different. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like this film was like a very Lauren tear jerky film, and I it is not for me. But then it was, so it was. But yeah, I just oh my, I loved that ending. I thought it was so like I should have seen it coming. Like afterwards, I was like. Of it's, course his mom would come at the end. Like, there were so many hints for it. But they somehow set it, up. it just, yeah. it comes, it comes so, maybe I knew it was coming, but just, like, with the music and everything, it was just so wholesome and overwhelming and just so beautiful. I just cried. Well, and I even think they set it up to be like, oh, it's going to be a surprise. The choir is singing and the choir is going to sing, like, a cute song, you know, or just, like... Mm-hmm they're celebrating that they're like going to rebuild the church or whatever like there were so many things set up that was like oh you don't have to figure out what the gaping plot hole is so right right they kind of tricked you into thinking what the surprise was yeah and i think maybe in the split second before it happened i was like his mom's coming and then when she came out and i was like ah yeah <laughs> like when when they started singing the song and you're like oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I thought it was a very, this was my first time watching it. I thought it was very wholesome, very interesting, like religious themes, I guess. Like the, I was trying to figure out what the point of the Going My Way song was, because mm-hmm. that's the title of the film. So I was like, what is he, is his way the way of the Lord? Like mm-hmm. he's trying to convince people to go his way, like, you know, he convinces that young couple to get married i i didn't like them at all or their you know, relationship i did and i did it he was so smiley he was spooky <laughs> mr smiley i wrote smiliest son of the muddy loader and she was kind of an interesting character i liked that they were a little bit unconventional but then he just like leaves and i was like eh. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i know it's like well we got married now i gotta go to war yeah (laughs) now i'm a religious nice guy i gotta join the cause well it was this whole like 360 right like you kind of think they're living together not married and then they are married but it seems like they just are ditzy and flighty 
and the father has no respect and then it's this like oh like oh my goodness my son is a good man after all that's like okay <laughs> so <laughs> silly so sad that it had to take him going to war for you to to learn that but <laughs> there's some pretty great quotes from this also the most random animals like what in the turkey like that was so wild yeah. the turkey part the puppies that were randomly there oh my, i love this i wrote <laughs> when being and his friend see each other and start singing the alma mater song and the old father just stares at them that is you and me and maddie <laughs> like you and me just like bursting <laughs> into song and maddie just like hating it so much <laughs> <laughs> the whole pasture when he's like talking about pastor church that he was like trying to cover i don't know if you remember that part but the father they're like talking about oh yeah over and he comes over and he's like what are you saying and he was like when i go past your church like (laughs) i was like smooth operator let's go yeah baby he also has such great outfits the fit when he goes to get the boys for the baseball game when he's no longer in his priest outfit oh yeah his baseball jersey looks so good Oh my, I love when Carmen is there too. And I was so amused by him running around in the wings. But then like, he was not about to leave after the opening number. Come on. He didn't even get to see Toreador. I was so disappointed. But yeah, Chuck up and did join the priesthood. So he's no longer on the market. Miss Opera Lady. I know that was also an interesting plot point with the the opera singer. Like she's still was interested in him but like not enough right to him. also salt lake city got a shout out oh yeah i remember that and then of course a very fun uncredited fred mertz popping in to the scene mm-hmm. so happy about that and i was just living for swinging on a star when it came because that was on a CD called Cool Kids and Groovy Grownups growing up that we would listen to awesome, often. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it just was the song that we always loved. Kind of ironically, but also a little unironically. When I found out it was in this movie, I was like, this is reason enough to watch it because now we know where it comes from. I did think it was high school mu- musical when they like audition and they do their big song and they're like we don't want it and they walk away and they're like oh darn let's just sing a song anyway and then they come <laughs> running back and they're like okay <laughs> we like that one i was like high school musical is referencing going my way and no one can convince me otherwise <laughs> i i feel like they had a lot more diversity in the film of like showing a new york diversity than i expected from a 1944 film like a lot of the boys in the choir were they weren't all white and like, a lot of them had speaking roles. So that was cool. Like, I was not expecting that at all. It is also this interesting... I was trying to think of, like, the role of religion and religiosity and Americana and musicals within this world of war. Because it's 1944 when it came out. I read that Bing and a lot of the producers actually arranged for 16 millimeter prints of Going My Way to be sent to different combat areas in World War II. So it's just interesting, like, this is created and viewed within such a context of war, and how does that, like, change how we understand, like, it's such a hopeful, comforting, cozy movie. Mm -hmm. No wonder it was, like, so popular during this time. It's interesting to think of it nominated as Best Picture in conjunction with the time period with, like, being it during the war, and Mm -hmm. so just having that comforting film be so impactful to everyone watching it at that time. 
I was watching and I was like, I have no idea why this won Best Picture. Like, it's not really cinematically interesting or uh-huh. like creative. Like, it just, I couldn't figure out why, what made it stand out from the other movies at that time. But maybe it is just like the story and the wholesomeness, just how it made everybody feel. I was trying to see, because I really don't know that much about Bing's filmography. And this is like a decade into him being a movie star. And he was like already pretty well established and well known. But it's still like a couple, like maybe a decade or two before some of his other notable work, like especially for me, like White Christmas that he was in. I feel like he is such a big movie star. For some reason, I really only think of him (laughs) as like a singer. Like I know he's in White Christmas. I really haven't seen very many, very many other films with him he was like a pretty big deal as a considered a movie star so i feel like that also helped like it had this big name attached to it um, and for them to get like a pretty professional opera singer to come participate oh yeah well. she was um, very cool i feel like it's such a strong sense of americana like we have these musicals but there's baseball is like a really big part of it and there's also like religion even though it's more catholic which feels like a little bit more discriminated against in the United States over like Protestantism in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's some really interesting things that I feel like the, the film celebrates, but it also is just this like slice of Americana that would be a very patriotic kind of what, what you're saying, like comforting, hopeful, patriotic, even though it's like not super overtly in your face. It's not really about the war. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind I- of a side note. Yeah, and and maybe that's that was helpful as well, you know. Casablanca, and I don't think I realized this. I read it in a letterbox review. Came out in 1942. For some reason, I always thought it was made after the war. Like for that film to have been made, and you, we don't know the outcome they of World have War Two. No idea how it's gonna work out. Like yeah. that is such a different viewing experience. I think. Mm-hmm. Like, it's wild to yeah, me. Yeah, so much more intense. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, that's just another plug for always thinking about when films came out and the, the history surrounding them. <laughs> the time period. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also didn't realize that until I read that same review. <laughs> I get what you're saying about, like, why is this film kind of highly acclaimed and stuff like that. But I just don't think it was a boring film. Like, I enjoyed it for the most part. And I... No, Yeah. I really liked it, but I just thought compared to like the films nowadays, I feel like best picture winners are always really innovative and Mm -hmm. um, they just stand out a lot. And so, yeah, just other, it seemed very similar to the other films I've seen from this time. Same time period. Yeah. I really enjoyed it anyways. It was just a little bit like, huh? Scratching (laughs) my head. Right. And maybe because like it swept, right? Like it got best actor. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if I said this already, so apologies to my future editing self. Barry Fitzgerald, who was the father, the older father, Mm -hmm. was nominated for an Academy Award for both Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor at the same time for the same performance for the same film. And that's the only time it happened. <laughs> like, what? And then <laughs> what they put stuff like, in place so it can like, happen mm. again. <laughs> Should this be possible? It's not very fair. <laughs> <laughs> he was that good. <laughs> let's go. Let's throw it to our listeners. <laughs> okay, favorite characters: Bing, Bing Crosby, 
Father Fitzgibbon, the mom at the end, <laughs> and a minor character was Max Dolan, a.k.a. Fred Mertz, a.k.a. William Frawley. <laughs> so I think three people said Father Fitzgibbon. So mm-hmm. more people liked Father Fitzgibbon than Bing, who was your favorite character. I mean, he is adorable. I think I would, ooh, I think I would say Bing because he just... As I said before, he's just perfect and charming and just like Jesus. <laughs> I don't think he said that before. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I might have to go with Mr. Smiley, the weird tax collector son. <gasps> what? I'm that not really. Dweeb. <laughs> Being but only in his baseball fit. Ooh, oh my gosh. So, so cute. <laughs> Some favorite scenes were when they were singing the habanera, singing the mule, aka swinging on the star, the golf game, saying goodbye to Fitzgibbon. More people saying swinging on a star, the mom coming at the end when the choir was singing her song, the music mm-hmm. box with the hidden booze, and when B- Bing sings, oh, would you like to swing on a star? When Bing Crosby is helping Father Fitzgibbon in bed and gives him medicine to keep the pilot light burning and Fitzgibbon says it should it tastes like kerosene and when he sings him the Irish lullaby and when Father Fitzgibbon's mom comes from Ireland and then someone said pass (laughs) who was that Spencer watches all of the movies but he never submits a response even though I like always tell him Mm -hmm. to submit a review because they're just fun to read but it was his birthday and when they were watching this he was talking about how much he wanted a music box that had hidden booze in it and so for her, his birthday deb got this like card box and cut out she got a card that had an alcohol drink or something on the front cut it out and put it in with like money or like you know something that's his actual present but oh, then she gave gosh. it to him before they left because she was tending for the night and he was like, oh, I want to open it. And, she, and he opened it and she started singing Pula Rula Can you please do this for my birthday? Our birthday. Our birthday. Oh my gosh. Yeah, your shared birthday. That is so funny. Amazing. Though. It that killed is the me. Best birthday gift. <laughs> Favorite aspects of the. Um, someone said directing. Schmaltzy but not saccharine. Lighting. What did they do with black and white film back then? Costuming by Edith Head. And it's a musical, so yes, the music. Someone said they did not particularly have a favorite aspect of this <laughs> film. The song, Would You Like to Swing from a Star? The music. In fact, this seemed to be a showcase of Bing's singing ability with the story written around it. I loved the acting of Bing Crosby and Barry Fitzgerald, and the music was fun. I also loved the set of the church, the garden, and the rooms where they lived. And the music was good. I forgot to ask if you had a favorite scene. The music box. I was already about to cry. And then when the mom came in, I was crying. I Honestly, I feel like anytime he was just harmonizing with his buddy, I was like, <laughs> this is good. On the phone. <laughs> Much like. All right. Lessons or takeaways. Be kind, patient, and understanding. Talk and appreciate people on their level. The quote, I never met anyone I disliked, only people I disagreed with. Some thoughts about the film after a quick Google search. Apparently, a lot of this film's appeal was while 
World War II was going on. It depicted Americans being good and caring. I wonder how many of the popular films of today have a similar undercut current about humanity or people, and that's why we like them so much. Life is full of twists and turns, so just sing. Never give up hope, and I often feel like Father Fitzgibbon when he says, I'm sure the way to say what I'd like to say will occur to me after you've gone, which is probably for the best most of the time. That line is, like, so sweet. That some old films hold up as masterpieces and some don't age as well. (laughs) Oof! (laughs) What a blow. (laughs) This is from George. While I have dear listeners' attention, director Leo McCary worked at Hal Roach Studios in the 1920s and is credited as the person who paired Laurel and Hardy. Oh, that is amazing. Greatest director ever. He directed a few of their films, including Liberty, where they end up under up on the under-construction skyscraper, and Wrong Again, where they mistake Blue Boy to refer to a horse instead of painting. He also supervised 16 others. He also directed one of the most famous Marx Brothers, Duck Soup. He made another wonderful movie, The Awful Truth. Going My Way is sentimental and warm and could have easily been over the top. It is sweet but not manipulative and filled with delightful, humorous touches and humor. The title has several meanings in the context of the film. The movie won Best Picture, Director, Actor, Sporting Actor, Story, Screenplay, and Song, Swinging on a Star, for 1944. Who knew that's where that delightful, clever song came from? It really is out of the blue. What does it have to do with the story? <laughs> mm-hmm. The story behind the song is also interesting. The songwriter was at dinner at Crosby's house and one of his children said he didn't want to go to school and being said if you don't want to go to school you might grow up to be a mule out of that exchange came the song um in the credits rise stevens famous contralto of metropolitan opera association can you imagine saying someone is famous in the credits today that's funny the three monkeys on O'Malley's sweatshirt, the dialogue of the turkey <laughs> dinner, Fitzgibbon. I gave them both my blessing, O'Malley, and they gave you the bird. When Ted Haynes Jr. is injured in the war, in the war, they'll probably give him a medal. I don't think so. He was run over by a friend driving a Jeep. <laughs> These show that it could have been such a serious, dull film, but it never takes itself or its characters too seriously. As much as it was a Bing Crosby film, the pairing with Barry Fitzgerald is Father Fitzgibbon, Made it much more a buddy film and would have failed without Fitzgerald's performance. Oh, Edith Head. She was ubiquitous in costume design from 1924 when she was 27 to 1981. She designed costumes for any film worth its weight. Eight Oscars, the most for any individual. She designed costumes for and with the actors and actresses, and that involvement and collaboration endeared her to everyone she worked with. Many of Audrey Hepburn's outfits were hers. She was part of the inspiration for Edna Moan in The Incredibles. I love that. This is from Catherine. Overall, I feel positive about going my way. I love being the man who can sing and golf and save a town all at once. My two favorite moments were when being sang Swing on a Star, which is one of my all-time favorite Bing songs, and when Bing was talking with Jenny and the conductor was just standing in the background smoking and looking off into the distance. (laughs) Of course, this movie felt a little long, but I don't think that's too out of character for the time period. Just felt like they could have cut some scenes and made it a bit more snappy. But again, I think it was more common to have a longer movie. Correct if correct me if I'm wrong, wise movie once. No, I think long movies were more common back then. The old father was cute, albeit a little annoying, and the couple was cringy. Also, what was Tony's last name? Like Tony Maloney or something? Props to his parents. (laughs) (laughs) I guess on a more serious note, this movie did make me think more about the roles of progressivism and conservatism in our lives, and not just in a political sense, but more of a general one. 
I think the absolute need for progressivism is demonstrated very aptly through many movies, not just this one, as bring being some new needed some needed new ideas and ways of going about things. I especially liked how he said he wanted to show people that religion can be something that is happy and joyful and not just doomsday repentance. But I think the role of conservatism can be harder to discern since it can seem to be a vehicle that carries dangerous beliefs and practices forward. I think at its best, conservatism can help us continue the good while still being willing to change evidence in the old father who tries to leave once he realizes he has been replaced, but then Bing warns him to come back because he did bring good things to the church. It was never Bing's intent to get rid of him altogether, just to modify things for the better. This is from Annie. I didn't like this movie too much, but that could be because I'm not very educated in old school films. I'm hard to please when it comes to movies that are black and white and old, with the exception of Laurel and Hardy and Buster Keaton. This movie was just so darn cheesy. My main gripes with the film are about the unrealistic plot and stereotypical characters and lack of character development and my connection to any of them. Side note, I'm calling myself out because I've complained about plot twists before with True Grit, and it doesn't make any sense that there are many TV series and movies I love that don't have airtight plots and instead are silly and dramatic and unlikely. I'll have to think more about why some plot twists bug me and some don't. I had to keep myself from laughing at the swerves the movie took for Priest Finds Street Gang of Boys, one of whom is named Tony Scaponi. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> like his first and last name literally <laughs> rhymed. <laughs> and snap your fingers. They are an instant professional choir. Oh, look, an old flame who the priest just happened to run into is also now a professional singer. Okay, let's get a record deal. Oh, they got one with the second song, even though that song is irresistible. Shout out to the Dis- childhood Disney CD. And now the church is on fire. I actually liked that they weren't <laughs> going to get a record deal initially. That made me think, that made me interested for three minutes. But the worst plot line was that <laughs> the landlord junior guy who married Carol, I think that was her name, and they are waltzing around the room in bathrobes, and the grumpy dad was like, no. And then suddenly he comes out dressed as a pilot and is gone and says, take care of her dad. What? What just happened and why is this part of the movie? Yikers. So similarly to the movie, this review is a little all over the place. Yikers to the way women were talked about and treated in the movie as well. I get people love being in his voice, but unfortunately that wasn't enough for me to like or recommend this movie. Deb said, so far this is my least favorite film. Maybe I was tired when I started watching it and it just seemed to drag on. This was a fun, feel-good film. I haven't seen many films with Bing Crosby, so I was happy to get to watch the one, the one that he won an Oscar for. I, I didn't realize the Singing on a Star song was from this movie. I actually like that song better than the title song, Going My Way. Bing is very charismatic, but I think Father Fitzgibbon stole the show. A solid film, but not my favorite. Some of the characters drove me a little crazy, especially the girl who runs away and then gets married. And then this one's from Ryan. I love old films. Sometimes you find a film that you can't imagine was made so many years ago. This feels more like a relic of its time. I like Bing, but he feels a bit preachy in this film, criticizing new wave music. There isn't much to the actual plot. There's sort of conflict with Father Fitzgibbon and another with the church being destroyed, but neither offers much suspense or intrigue. I've read a couple of reviews that describe this as a mood picture, but I didn't get much of a mood besides bored. Not my favorite best picture winner. I feel like you said uh, when you suggested this, maybe it was only to me that you were worried, a little worried at the reception. And like, I feel like film club is a place to expose people to different kinds of movies and movies that they probably wouldn't watch. And regardless, I also think you were maybe a little 
backed into a corner with this one because of our theming <laughs> and because of the the particular ways that we we're going about it. But I don't know. Like I, I think it's it's good for people to try and watch different movies and uh, and no, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like there a, were... across the board. People didn't hate it. You know, I think there's things yeah. people liked about it. So there were other films that I had thought of that I knew that I personally like a lot and I wanted to do them but I wanted to pick this one because it's been on my list and you know it's the best picture winner I wanted to see what it's all about so I think it was worth a watch and it's okay if everyone hated it (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing though I don't think everybody hated it and at the very least now we all know where Singing on the Star comes from and that alone is a victory yeah it was an educational experience (laughs) and I personally I felt uplifted by it but it probably is one of my least favorite out of the films we've watched this year but I still I'm I'm glad that I've seen it yeah for sure especially also for the godfather connections yes now you should all go watch the bells of saint mary Um, yeah it has Ingrid Bergman it I don't know if it's necessarily better yeah, I know, it's, but it also it has um, Clarence from Wonderful Life is in it as well. Oh, because there is that scene where he's in the church and the dog is praying with him. I only oh my gosh, it on adorable, the <laughs> adorable. Oh, so good. And Clarence is like the villain too, which is so weird to see him in a different mm-hmm. than an adorable guardian angel. It is now time to leave the gun and take the cannoli. (laughs) You go first. Okay. I'm going to warn you now, literally all my questions have to do with music, so I apologize. (laughs) Um, But what song from our past would be our our hello song? So, like, when they met up again, they sang their alma mater song. What song, if we randomly came into each other in the street? would be our song that we just instantly start harmonizing oh probably probably like an instrumental disney track <laughs> like <laughs> like hail john or the instrumental part of the circle of life oh my gosh i love i accept hail john's from robin hood for those of you who are listeners didn't know who would they fly out to see you that would make you cry. Oh my gosh. So many people. <laughs> if we're gonna But who go... you haven't seen in Okay. Swenson. No. <laughs> 40 years. I don't know. <laughs> um, so if we're gonna say no nobody I'm like actively in contact with, so like no family, not like my closest friends. Oh my gosh, like far or motherwood, like I would love mm. to have a conversation with them. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll go with them. I was going to say, um, BN. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a close enough relationship. Um, sadly. So very sadly. What song would be your breaking point if a choir of boys were singing it? Because one of my favorite quotes from the film was, there are some things that get under my skin, and three blind mice is one of them. <laughs> that was so funny. Just the most random song to hate. <laughs> I know. It would probably be that chain smoker song that Coldplay sings <laughs> that you love. 
I'm just imagining that as like a barbershop choir version with a bunch of little boys are singing. That would be horrible. (laughs) I would walk out. Oh, I want something just like this. (laughs) What shirt would you wear that everyone would think, wow, she's so cool. It's like (laughs) your team. Um, Obviously, my godfather, Jack Skellington crossover shirt. Ooh. That you gave me of That's Jack stroking Zero like he's the godfather stroking the pet cat. Oh, I love. So perfect. All right. What song would be your connection to home? Just like the Irish lullaby. Probably a bread song or a carpenter's song. Oh. Aubrey. The song Aubrey was on our podcast. I mean, our playlist last year, but I think that's. I just that's listened the to it the other would... day. Oh. I was going to ask, what would be your reason to turn down Bing Crosby? Because <laughs> Car- the Carmen singer was a famous singer, so what would you be doing that you'd be too too busy? Podcasting. <laughs> I'm an award-winning podcaster. <laughs> uh, probably, like, obviously, right now, but I could see, like, maybe probably just something job related in the future mm-hmm. like school, school or something yeah. like that sorry being go join the priesthood sorry <laughs> okay we can throw it over to the listeners who in the corleone family would make the best singer and when would he have broken out in song johnny fontaine doesn't count i'd want to hear fredo's nasally singing <laughs> oh my gosh i don't know why i pictured sunny just Maybe it's because I just recently watched a movie where um, James Conn is singing. It's obviously lip syncing, <laughs> but I can totally see Sunny just just breaking la, out. La, song. La, yeah. And when would he have broken out in song? Um. Oh man, maybe when he's fighting with Tom. <laughs> I feel like it could be. You're so vain. <laughs> Um, I'm imagining Why can't it you when be a war conciliary? <laughs> when he's um lecturing Michael when they're trying mm. to figure out what they should do, okay. and he says "bada beep, bada bop, bada boop." <laughs> okay, would you rather go golfing with Bing or have him conduct you in a choir? I still, I'm like so meh about golf. Bing can conduct me anytime, unless it's really golf. <laughs> I'd still rather have him conduct me because, like, what an opportunity, too, to learn from Bing Crosby. I also would, like, the biggest sweats, sweat pits, because like, <laughs> that's so scary <laughs> to have to sing in front of Bing. I will go that's mini true. golfing. I am adapting the cannoli question. I'm going mini golfing with Bing. Which animal is depicted the most unfavorably in Swing on a Star? Let's see. To be honest, I do not know this song. A mule is I don't an animal the- with long, funny ears. Kicks up at anything he hears. His back is brawny, but his brain is weak. He's just plain stupid with a stubborn streak. That's the mule. Sad. Um. Oh no, I'm gonna have to look up the lyrics for the fish and the pig. Uh, or would you rather be a fish? A fish won't do anything but swim in a brook. He can't write his name or read a book. To fool the people is his only thought. Though he's slippery, he still gets caught. 
Okay, here's the pig. The pig is an animal with dirt on his face. His shoes are a terrible disgrace. He has no manners when he eats his food. He's fat and lazy and extremely rude. What? Well, I think the mule was... Was the harshest? Most unfavorable. <laughs> what would be a comfort item you would hide in your secret music box? My E.T. pillow. It's way <laughs> too big. <laughs> I mean, this is a huge music box. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I would actually do, oh, one of my Disney pins, but I don't know which one. Mm. <gasps> Probably my Alameda Slim with his ice cream cone. <laughs> oh, your most expensive pin. <laughs> my most expensive pin. He comforts me. <laughs> Who would Michael Corleone feel more comfortable confessing to, Father Fitzgibbon or Father Ormelli? Mm. Who is the worst villain? Mr. Ted Haynes Sr., who wanted to tear down the church to build a parking lot, or Junior Bloomsbury, who wanted to tear down his dad's museum to build up a parking garage in Curious George. What a callback. <laughs> that was my review on Letterboxd. Paved down the church to put up a parking lot. <laughs> okay, who would he feel more comfortable confessing to? So I guess the real question is, spoiler alert, who is more like... The, the Pope. <laughs> yes, the future Pope. The, the, the Archbishop. Pope. Um, um see, because Father O'Malley feels more down to earth, but like I don't think I, Michael would be into that. Yeah. Like I think you might the Archbishop is such a good blend of like down to earth, but like still but not like new wave icky. Not icky, but just like right. Bing is like Bing is too cool for Michael. You know what I mean? Father O'Malley is Yeah. Uh-huh. He needs someone to sweet in. He's too chipper for Michael. Yeah. But then Father Fitzgibbon would not want to listen. <laughs> he would pass no, away to like, start hearing what Michael is confessing. I'm a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Michael Corleone would just not confess at all. Okay, and then the worst villain. Um, obviously, both are not great. However, Junior, I feel like he it, it's personal to him, right? Like, I feel like he has better reasons for wanting to do it. Obviously, I'm yeah. not advocating mm-hmm. for that. But I feel like Mr. Ted Haynes Sr. is just a goop who is a capitalist. Yeah. Money-making man. <laughs> And people are, like, actively asking Ted Haynes Sr., please don't do this. Like, please just right. help us with... And whereas Junior... He's doing it to get dad attention. His was kind of like, all right. Yeah, his dad was like, okay, I guess if that's what we have to do, like, he... Yeah. He was sad about it, but he wasn't like, please save my museum. And he was, right. like, stepping on his face. <laughs> stepping on his face. <gasps> that's how I see it. Oh, someone got it. We have exciting news. Someone has nailed the the connecting theme that we have established. Um, we're not going to say what it is. We will say who it is, but we will leave what it is for at least a couple more months, maybe, just to mm-hmm. see if other people can figure it out. And, and maybe... Yeah, next... it should get clearer and clearer. Yeah. For now, congratulations are in order to Jill... She was getting closer and closer, but she finally said everything 
that needed to be said. So. It is not a seeming outsider coming into an established system and changing it for the better. Again, these are all great connections that you have found. Is, this is so fun to read what you guys come up with. Yeah, because they're all accurate. Mm-hmm. We'll see who uh who can who else can figure it out. The prize is a pair of movie tickets, but so those are no longer up for grabs. But pride and glory are still on the table, as always. <laughs> Thank you all for indulging me watching this film, even if you didn't love it. I think it was. It's just fun to have an excuse to watch something that you'd never watch otherwise, I think, and expose yourself to the history of film. This did make history, yeah, with, we've talked about other reasons, but yeah, we're excited for Paddington 2. Yes. For next, this month, finish I'll, it up real quick. Yeah, I'll also say, um, on that note, even if you don't like a movie overall, you're hard-pressed to not find, like, at least one thing that you can say went well or was enjoyable or very good just because there's so much that goes into making a film so at the very mm-hmm. least you got to hear swinging on a star <laughs> that was film club hop can i ask you what ads you have <laughs> i go ladies pass <laughs> 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 It's- <laughs> <laughs> I love all of your voice cracks in that one. We try not to laugh. <laughs>